in in the covenant of God in Christ, where we left off other night. We're just going to pick right back up where we left off because the Lord was in that lesson really speaking in my heart. He was bringing some clarity in me uh, of a very common scripture. In fact, one that I uh, quote almost as much as any scripture I quote. And he was just bringing some real clarity in my heart and my mind. And the night, uh, Sunday night, just ministering to me out of it. And so I want to share with you what the Lord was uh, uh, sharing with me or is sharing with me. So when you look at Hebrews 9, where we've been, and I'm not going to read all the scriptures, but I'm just going to catch our minds up into the scripture there in Hebrews 9 in relationship to the Lord Jesus, in particular, verse, uh, let's see, verse, I believe, uh, let's see what I want, verse 11, and we're just going to read a few scripture. We've read this, uh, most of this section of, of the Bible, the last few lessons, but Christ having come a high priest of good things to come through a greater, more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this creation, nor yet through the blood of goats and calves, but through his own blood entered in once for all into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling them that have been defiled, sanctified unto the cleanness of the flesh. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish unto God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. And for this cause, he's the mediator of the new covenant, that a death having taken place for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first covenant, they that have been called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. So, so look at this, how much more? Shall the blood of Christ cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? And we've dealt with that in a couple lessons. And, and in this blood of Christ, and I'm just going to speak to it. I'm probably not going to read it all. I might read a verse here because I got it in my notes. But Luke 22, Jesus said when he took the bread and gave thanks and break it, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. Likewise, also the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. But behold, the hand of him that betrayed me is on the table, and truly the Son of Man goeth, goeth as it was determined. Now, now get that. The Son of Man goes as it was determined. And this, this just is going to go into what I have to say tonight. Keep that in your mind. He goes as it's determined. When was it determined? When was it determined? Well, I believe it was determined in the heart of God before the foundation of the world. So, so as it was determined in God, he goes. So, so things Jesus did just wasn't made up on the scene. <laughs> okay. And, 
as we look at this and, and come on back into John 6, because Jesus breaks the bread and he says, take, eat, this is my body. And he has the cup and he says, drink of the cup, this is my blood. Well, in John 6, the Lord says, the Jew, verily, verily, I say unto you, verse 53, verily, verily, I say unto you, except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man. Consider this just for a moment. Don't want to get too far off on the Son of Man right now. But he says, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Just point that out, the Son of Man. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood has eternal life. And I will raise him up at the last day, for my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. As the living Father hath sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eats me, eateth me, shall live by me. Now, I wrote some notes here. This eat my flesh and drink my blood, which we were talking about the last few lessons. In order to have the eternal life, and I know I know what people have done with the word eternal life and how most people look at eternal life is just me and you living forever. And I'm going to say I believe that's included. But I don't believe that's the whole of eternal life. I believe eternal life is speaking of life of another, uh, aeonian life, a new life. And many times we've considered eternal life as just living forever. Okay. That's what we've, we've considered or been taught, one day I'll live forever. Okay. What Jesus calls eternal life, it's, it's, it's the Zoe life, which deals with the life of God, and it's eternal. It's the life that you get out of eating him. Okay. The the definition of it, if I look at it, it's aeonious, age long life. Now, what creates the new age? I don't want people to get confused with the new age movement, but I'm talking about the new age that's in Christ, that's in God. Christ creates the new age. And so life of this age that we're in, the age, of, the age that he brought forth, comes through eating him. In order to have eternal life, according to what Jesus said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you do not have life. Now, he distinguishes in the scripture soul life and this life. He says in the same chapter or same book, maybe not the same chapter, but the same book, excuse me, unless you lose your life, which is soul, suke, self-life, 
you shall not find life. That's what he says. So this life that you find is only found by eating him. And I want, to, I want us to define a little bit what it means to eat the flesh of the Son of Man. That's what I want us to define a little bit tonight. Because he told us in, in Luke that this is the new covenant in his blood. And he broke the bread and broke it. And so this is the new covenant in his blood. The broken bread. Eating his life. Now, as I say this to you, a couple of things I want to say. Because if I don't say them, I'll, I may forget them, and I really want to get them said. This life of Jesus is his work. Now, I know it's the life of God, okay? But this, this eating his flesh is eating the work he's done that's eating his flesh receiving the work he's done okay now many christians when they read certain passages of scripture look for a day like a something's going to happen in a day another day's coming that something's going to happen that's what many Christians believe. However, I believe that how things come is in the person of Christ. That the new day, the new age, the new covenant doesn't just come by a timeline. I mean, in the Old Testament, there were, there were literal natural timelines that people can map out and look at. But had the person that was declared not come, it still wouldn't have went into fulfillment. And God says that through Paul, that in the fullness of the time, Christ came, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem them that was under the law. So when the time had become full, he came. He came when that time was completed. Or he came as the completion of that time. But also in him is the beginning of the new day. And in him is the fullness of the day. Okay. So it's not just the beginning of the day. In him is the fullness of the day. And a lot of scripture, I believe, this is me. I believe people are looking for a day in the future to bring it about actually comes about in him. Everything is in him, according to the book of Ephesians 1, which we've looked at, that God would gather up all things in one, even in him. So everything has been gathered up in one in him. Everything that's in him may not be made known to you and I, but it's all in him, and I believe it's all available to you and I, okay? Because it's all in him. So it's the administration of the fullness of times. That's, that's what, we're, what we're living in is the administration of the completion of times. And the completion of times isn't just a timeline. 
The completion of times is the person that feels all things had come, born of, of a virgin. Okay. And, and, and as simple as, you, you know, most of us in, in our Christian walk, but really maybe used to hone in on that. Jesus was born of a virgin. And as, as time goes on, we may not hone in on that scripture like we did at one time. But as simple as that statement is, it, it has a, it says a volume that it doesn't come about through the works of man. That, that this child that's formed in Mary's womb doesn't come by man. Man doesn't produce it. So she's not carrying something in her womb when she's walking around and, and carrying the Son of God. She's not carrying something in her womb that worked out by man. She's carrying what was in God's heart before the foundation of the world to come forth into the earth. And when you go into John 1, and, and to, to put this out here in John chapter 1, John writes, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, the same was in the beginning with God. And the Word is the word logos, which we've talked about many times. And it deals with the thought, the mind, will, a word as embodying an idea, okay? Speaking to a conclusion, a word being the expression of a thought. So, so in this word, in this utterance, is a conception or an idea one, one of the definitions and, and I, I bolded this in my notes says a word which uttered by the by the the living voice embodies a conception or idea now i, I got to read john 14 and then we're going to go down to familiar scripture scripture that we've walked through several times at least some of them maybe all of them tonight we'll see and verse 14 of John 1 says, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. So you could say the divine intention, the thought that had been uttered. If it, if it was uttered by the a living voice and it had a concept or an idea, the thought of God was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And we and we define grace many times as the divine intention on the on the heart and the reflection in the life. So so this one made flesh is the divine intention on the heart and the reflection in the life. And the word truth means not merely something just spoken that's true of an idea, but but what is reality it says in the greek culture this word was synonymous for reality as the opposite of illusion so if you go back and you consider this for a moment in your mind the 
old covenant was full of types and shadows and symbols. Okay. Jesus is the truth. It's what he says of himself. I am the way, the truth, and the life. So what the types and shadows and symbols declared, Jesus is the truth of. So, so if, you, if you begin to see this kind of coming together, the types and shadows and symbols of the Old Testament had an idea in them. So when God said something, the predominant idea of what he said is defined in Christ. And that goes all the way back in your Bible to simplicity of, of God saying, let there be light, and there was light. Light finds its definition when Jesus comes and says, I am light. I am the light. I'm the understanding of God. You can't understand the fullness of God unless you understand it in me. I'm the light, he says. I'm the light of the world. So the understanding of God appears in the person of Jesus Christ. So I can read the Bible and try to form in my mind the understanding of God, but I can't get the formation of it until the person of it appears because, because the concept was there in the utterance of God, of Christ. What God had desired in heart and his mind and his soul was all there. And, and let's go to Genesis, a very common scripture for us. And we're just going to read Genesis 12, 1 and verse 7. And then we're going to flip over to Isaiah and read some places. And look at this. But in Genesis 12, 1, very familiar, read often. Now the Lord said to Abram, get thee out of that country from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. Everything here to me in verse 1 finds its fulfillment. And this is what I'm talking about. This is uttered of God, but it's, it's reality where it's not a type and shadows in Christ. And you find this in Paul's statement in the book of Galatians. Paul says, when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb to reveal his son in me. And see, that goes parallel with, with this, that, that I will show thee. So in, in Galatians, it, the place, you know, that God is showing is the place in Christ. He reveals his son in you. He separates you from your mother's womb. And I, and I believe that in Paul was dealing a whole lot with religion, but it also separates you to, to a place that you know God is your father, that you're of God, you know, it, it, from, the, from the natural, right? So, so here it finds its fulfillment in Christ. So it's uttered there in Genesis, but the word that fulfills that is made flesh. Christ, who is the fulfillment of its made flesh. Now let's go on in verse 7 here. In verse 7, it says, And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land, and there builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. Now watch verse 1 to verse 7. He says, Get out of your country, 
to the land I will show thee. Okay. And then verse seven, and the Lord appeared. Now, the Israelites inherited a literal land called Canaan. Okay. Now, what did Christ inherit? Okay, we just got through uh, a number of lessons on the inheritance of the Lord. What did he inherit? He says, Father, glorify me with thine own self, with the glory I have with thee before the world was. So, so the inheritance of Christ is the very presence of God himself, God's divine person. Jesus inherits all that God is. He comes out of God, he comes into the earth, born of a woman, you know, everything revealed unto Israel, anointed with the Spirit, made known at his baptism of John unto all of Israel, goes through uh, as an obedient son, goes through the cross, and is fully completed in the death, burial, and resurrection. Fully completed. Everything he had to do is fully completed in death, burial, and resurrection. Okay? That's his, to me, that's, that's what, that's where he's made, you know, Hebrews says made perfect or complete in his death, burial, and resurrection. Now, that's to me, is that, that he as a son is made complete, finished. So the work of God is finished, and he ascends back into the glory that he has before the world was. And he does that work in order, the writer of Hebrews says, to bring many sons into glory. But see, that thought was there in Genesis 12, 7. And the Lord appeared to Abram. So the place of inheritance was the Lord himself. And, it, and, I, and I made this statement. If you study the literal Canaan out, what's unique with the literal natural Canaan to the Israelite is that's the place the Lord appears, is in Canaan. He appears to Abram in Canaan. He appears to Jacob in Canaan. He appears to Isaac in Canaan. He brings Israel to the place of his dwelling in Canaan. And all of this is speaking of what we know as being in Christ. And that's, the, that's what it's conveying. That's the utterance. Like I said, the definition of the word logos is an utterance. And it's, and it's declaring something, even, even before it's fully seen. It has a declaration and a, 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 a point it's going to. And the point becomes a person. The word's made flesh. So, so this is made flesh unto thy seed will I give this land. And, and all the promises of God, according to the book of uh, Galatians, unto thy seed were the promises made and thy seed, who is Christ. King James, I think, says, which is Christ. So, so it shows the promises made to Abram, Abraham comes to a seed who is Christ. Now, flip with me to Isaiah 12. We're going to see this in Isaiah 12. Isaiah 12. And it's impressed on me. You flip to Isaiah 12, and I'm going to read Galatians 3, because I probably didn't do that 
justice, but so I need to read it. And Galatians 3, it says, to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He said, not to seeds as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed, which is Christ. So if I go back, like I said there in Genesis, unto thy seed will I give this land. Here it is in Christ, and the Lord appeared. Like I said, and you, you look in the book of Psalms, it says, in thy presence is fullness of joy. And, and so Jesus come back into the Father. I am in the Father, and, and it's a great mystery in that, in, in that statement, because in John 14, he tells the believers in one place, he says, Believest thou not, I'm in the Father, but he's standing on the earth. And then when he speaks of the Spirit coming, he says, At that day you'll know I am in the Father, you're in me, and I'm in you. So, so in that great mystery, he's, he's in the Father even when he's on the earth as a man. And the Son of Man, he says, in, in, I think it's in John 3, it's declared the Son of Man is in heaven. So, so here this Christ is dwelling in God on the earth. And when he ascends back into glory, into the very presence of God, he brings you and I with him. See, through him we have access into this that he has. See, we don't have access into something other than what he has. See, see, that's where fallacy comes in. People, people think they are, you, you know, Jesus has saved me, and now I'm kind of separate from him. No, I'm in him. And so what we have access to is what he has. That's why we have to eat his flesh, his work, because he gave us access into this. He gave us the right to become the sons of God. He did this in his work. Okay. So when I go back to Isaiah 12, and we've read this a few times here, here uh, lately, it says here, and in that day, thou shalt say, what day? O Lord, I will praise thee, though thou was angry with me, thy anger is turned away, and thou comforts me. And I wrote in my notes, this is Christ. In him, God's anger, wrath was turned away. Why? How? Because it was laid on him. <laughs> so, so the Lord laid on him. It pleased God to bruise him. I know some people don't like that scripture, but that's scripture. It, it pleased him to bruise him. It pleased him to lay the iniquity of the world upon him. And see, here's where the wrath of God was turned away. So, so when you run into him, you read the scripture that if you run into the Lord, he's a high tower, right? And you're saved. And, and if, you go, if you go and you look at this in maybe in context, those that endure to the end there in, in the gospel shall be saved. You know I, know, I know how I used to teach that was, well, if you endure forever, Till you physically die, you get saved and, and all these things. And I'm not saying you shouldn't be enduring in the Lord, 
But I believe Jesus was speaking to the people living in that day. That a lot of things there in the Gospels were too old Jerusalem. And so they, so they would r- ran into the Lord, who was a high tower, and saved them from their enemies. And, and not to go back into what we got into in Matthew 24, but according to some of historical uh, references, uh, m- most, if not all, the Jews that were Christians escaped Jerusalem. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. So they were saved from the wrath that came upon them because they received the Lamb that took them out of it. Now, he took them out of it himself. But there was a a physical, visible manifestation of that in that they were saved from the wrath coming upon old Jerusalem. They were, they left. Okay. And I'll leave that alone from now, right now, but, but back into this part in Isaiah 12 says, and thou comforts me. What's the Holy Spirit called? (laughs) The comforter. So, so where does this comfort come from? Jesus says, I will send you a comforter. What are you comforted with by the Holy Spirit? You are comforted with the things Jesus has done. So, so if you look at this in Isaiah 12, this is his flesh. Get a hold of this. This word spoken becomes flesh. The word was made flesh. So get a hold of this real close. Here in Isaiah 12. And that day thou shalt say, O Lord, I will praise thee, though thou was angry of me, thine anger is turned away. This very thing was made flesh. Jesus became a man and died the death of the cross. And there the anger of the Lord was turned away. All, all the sins and iniquities of man was laid on him. And then go to verse two, behold, God is my salvation. I will trust, I will trust and be not afraid for the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He has also become my salvation. Now, where's this fulfilled? This is this again is the flesh of the Son of Man. Unless you eat, my, eat the flesh of the Son of Man, you you won't have this life in you. The the Lord became salvation, Philippians 2 says. What does Philippians 2 say? He that was in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal of God, but made himself what? Of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant made in the likeness of men, and being found as a in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross, wherefore God has highly exalted him and given him a name above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So, so see here, again, the word is made flesh. What was the thought here in Isaiah, behold, God is my salvation. Now I could go back into the old, testament old covenant and see a lot of places where god became israel's salvation like when he delivered them from egypt or when he delivered them from babylonian captivity when he brought them back into their land see he was their salvation when he when he delivered them from the philistines you go on over and over again but when that found its conclusion of the matter 
when the conclusion of the matter come of God being salvation, of Jehovah being salvation, Jesus came. And it, and it said of Jesus in, in Matthew 1, he shall save his people from their sins. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from what? Their sins. Behold, God has become, behold, Jehovah has become my salvation. And right there on Calvary, that's fulfilled. Right there in the person of Christ, that comes to its fulfillment. God became salvation and delivered us from iniquity to bring us into this eternal life we started talking about. And this life is, is what we're receiving as we're eating his flesh and drinking his blood. This is the life we're receiving, eating his flesh and drinking his blood. So coming on down here in, in this chapter, he says, therefore with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. Well, we all should see this fulfilled in Christ. Jesus with the woman at the well. If you knew the gift of God, you would ask of me. And, and water, living water, would spring up inside of you unto eternal life. This same life, aeonian life. This, this, this heavenly life. You drink, at, drink of me and this life will come up. Out of your bellies, he that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. He that believeth on me, he that's receiving him. See, see, eating is receiving. So, so you see this fulfilled in the person of Christ that the wells of salvation and this wells of water that's in Christ, you can just keep drawing this water of life out. And in the natural, we use water to sustain us, right? We have to drink water to be sustained. And we have to eat food to be sustained, but we also have to use water to get clean. Right? What cleanses us? What cleanses our minds? What cleanses our soul? But the washing of the water of the word, the washing of regeneration, the washing that's, that, that comes in Christ, we're cleaned up from, from our thoughts of the old man in the person of Christ. We, we come to realize that he really crucified the old man and that we're really a new creation and this mind is washed. It's washed in him. See, he's the fulfillment of, of the wells of salvation. Glory to God. He's the fulfillment of it. I, I, I can see my time run out. I won't get too into all these uh, I have down, but go, and in that day you shall say, verse four, Praise the Lord, call upon his name, declare his doings among the people, make mention that his name is exalted. Whosoever calleth on the name of the Lord shall be saved. <laughs> in that day, you know, and in that day you shall say, John 14, in that day you'll know, I'm in my Father, you and me, and I'm in you. And that's the day of the Spirit. And, and it says, praise the Lord, call upon his name, declare his doings among the people, make mention that his name's exalted. We just read that in Philippians, that Jesus is exalted above every name. So, so we declare his doings, what he's done among the people. We make mention of his name, of his power, of his authority. And then you go on singing to the Lord, for he have done 
excellent things. This, this is known in all the earth. What's he done? He's redeemed us to himself. He's made us accepted through his work. He's made unto us righteousness, sanctification, holiness. You go on and on. It says, cry aloud and shout, thou inhabited Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel in the midst of thee. And then in Hebrews 12, we read, we've come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God, and, and, and the Holy One is in the midst, in our heart. See, this all happens in the person of Christ. Doesn't happen in some day, like, like literal day. It may, it may have been a Monday, Sunday, Wednesday, whatever day for you and I, you and I, but we come to a realization of this in Christ, you know, sing aloud, the Lord has done great things. Now, flip over to Isaiah 32. This may be the last one I read, and then I'm, I want to quote one other one for time's sake. But Isaiah 32 says, verse 15, until the Spirit be poured upon us from on high, and the wilderness be a fruitful field, and the fruitful field be counted for a forest. Then judgment will dwell in the wilderness and righteous remain in the fruitful field and the work of righteousness shall be peace and the effect of righteousness, quietness and assurance forever. And my people shall dwell in a peace, peaceful habitation and sure dwellings and quiet resting places. I mean, how, how much sure of a dwelling can you get into than what Jesus said when the spirit gets poured out from on high? Jesus says, I will give you another comforter. Who's the other comforter? The spirit that's coming from on high. See, see, that's the fulfillment that comes in the person of Christ. The spirit from on high gets poured out and the judgment of righteousness is in the earth. What's the judgment of righteousness? The righteousness of God that's in Christ. God declared him righteous by raising him from the dead. Jesus was declared to be righteous because he had no sin in him. So when he died and went into the, the tomb, God raised him from the dead, securing eternal righteousness for all those that believe. Amen. So, so, so you're in a secure place. You're in a great place. And see, see John, what does John the Baptist say of him? Says, says he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. So when, when I look at God's going to pour the Spirit out, this is done in the person of Christ. The Apostle Peter says, this is that prophesied of the, apostle, of, of the prophet Joel. And he, and he goes on and says, this has been shed forth of the Lord Jesus in Acts 2. He hath shed forth this, which you now see and hear. This is the fulfillment of what John says. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. So all of this, the, the wilderness becoming the fruitful field, is, is you and I were the wilderness, honey. And you and I, through the Spirit coming and being baptized in the Spirit, and we, and we read what that baptism consists of. I know, I know when we come in Pentecost, we thought that baptism just consisted in making us feel good, and it does, but it consists in being baptized into his death, 
and coming forth in his life. And see, we understand this by receiving him, eating his flesh, because it's his work. This is the work of Christ that we're eating. That's what eating his flesh is, is eating his work. See, I, I can't stress this enough. This isn't going to someday to have this happen. This is receiving it of the Lord, eating of the Lord. This is, this is what he's done. He shed for this. He shed for this. And, it, and, and are people still baptized in the Holy Ghost? Absolutely. Are people filled with the Spirit? Absolutely. But on the day of Pentecost, the Spirit came as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled that house, and the Spirit has, has indwelt many men and women, a many-member body, and out of their bellies have flown this water of life. The Spirit of Christ has been flowing out of people that came on the day of Pentecost ever since the Spirit descended to create this fruitful field in the earth, and this fruitful field in the earth is the, is the church of the living God. The body of Jesus Christ is a fruitful field. It's not a barren ground because the seed has come into this ground. The very seed of God, the very word of God and thought of God has come into this, this ground and taken form in it. And he's taken form in it to produce in it what he is. That this, this ground would be a fertile ground bearing forth the fruit of God. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. That's what this is. See, this is in the person of Christ. Not in a, not in a timeline or a physical day or over there somewhere, but it's in the person. And, and I just can't stress this enough. And the, and the other scripture I, I'm just going to share a moment with you with is behold, I will create new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. Well, would I understand what former things he's talking about? I believe anyway. I need to read the part of Isaiah 65 that's before this. Because he's telling them, talking to them in the earlier parts of Isaiah 65 about the rebelliousness. Okay. And then he comes on and says, Behold, I create a new heaven and a new earth, and the former things ain't going to be remembered. So their rebellion ain't going to be remembered. What's going to come to mind is Jesus says, When you come together, remember me. <laughs> what's going to come to mind is what he's done, not the rebellious acts, but what comes to mind is what he's done. See, because because he takes care of the former things. He took care of the former things in his flesh. I keep quoting Isaiah 53, that in the body of his flesh, he took care of the former things. Old Israel's former things and ours. So the former things aren't remembered. What's brought into the mind are the things, he said, the things that I've said to you, the, when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to bring that to your remembrance. Well, one of the things he said to you, and I've touched it two or three times here lately, you are clean through the word I've spoken. So the washing of this word cleanses your mind from the filth of the old man 
and, and presents you pure in the life of the new man. See, that's the former thing being done away with, the old thing. And now we have this newness of life in Christ, glory to the Lamb of the living God. And that's eating his flesh. Because <laughs> only he did that. I didn't do it, and some time out in the future doesn't do it. Christ does. See, behold, I create a new heaven and a new earth. And then he goes on and says, I create Jerusalem rejoicing. Now, in, in, in uh, Hebrews 12, and we love to say this, we've come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, innumerable company of angels, spirit to God, the judge of all, and spirits of just man made perfect, Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. There's the rejoicing Jerusalem. Spirits of just men made perfect. Not spirits of defiled men mourning. And so he told them their mourning and weeping would be taken away. Here in Hebrews 12, they're not, they're not weeping. Why are they not weeping? Because, because they've been perfected in Christ. Because the God is judging you that's in the body of Christ. It's in the church. He's judging you in that judgment we read about earlier in Isaiah. He's judging you in the judgment of righteousness that righteousness that's in Christ, that God have raised him from the dead and showed him forth to be righteous. God is judging you there because he's quickened you together with him, united you with him. So that judgment is upon you. Judgment's in the land. Peace and quietness is in the street of this city. It's a habitation filled with good things. It's not a habitation filled with jackals and so forth like you read in the Old Covenant. It's a habitation filled with what? The fullness of God in Christ, the riches of his treasures. Open to our hearts and our minds that we can know them in the eating of his flesh and drinking his blood. Because this is the covenant in his blood. This is what he sealed. This is what he's done. He's created a new heaven and a new earth. See, in the midst of this throne is not the old covenant lamb. In the midst of this throne is not the old covenant goat. It's not the old covenant turtle dove. You realize that? It's not the same one. If you go into the, the Old Testament, you look at the throne and God's enthroned between the cherubim. And, and there on that mercy seat, what comes in over and over again is the blood of goats, the blood of bulls, the blood of, of, of lambs, the, you know, the offerings made there in the Old Testament, that blood that had to come in on the Day of Atonement and come to that. And, that, and I may have misspoke some of those other bloods may have never made it into the Holy of Holies, but there's that blood of the animals that come into the Holy of Holies for the purifying of the flesh that can never purify the conscious, that can never set the conscious free from the old man. But now in the midst of the throne that you and I have come to, what does John see in the throne? He doesn't see an old covenant land, but he sees a land. He says, behold, in the midst of the throne, he saw a lamb as if he had been slain, 
but that is alive, having the seven spirits of God that went forth in all the earth. He saw that lamb, and that lamb was declaring his mystery in all the earth. Hallelujah to the lamb of God. That lamb is declaring the fullness of himself into all the earth. It's went forth the spirits of Christ, the spirit of Christ, the fullness of him. I believe those seven spirits speaks of his fullness. I believe they also speak, that also speaks even of the seven angels in the book of Revelation, the seven spirits or seven angels. What's, what's an angel in the Bible? What does it say? He shall make his angels what? Spirits, winds. You 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 read you read this in the scripture, and and you and I are spirit of His spirit. We're life of His life. That's what you are. That's what He's made you. Life of His life. Well, how do I live in this life? That's that's too good to be true. How do I live? It? I have to eat Him. See, I have to receive Him. That's why I think it's. You know, I, I can't stress this enough as I come to a close that putting a physical timeline is 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 a such a fallacy for the church because it, it takes the, you off of him. You know how many people instead of looking unto Jesus, who's the author and finisher of, of our faith, are trying to figure out the timelines today when they can enter into this? You know, they, they read these scriptures and they believe they're going to enter into them, but they're looking for a timeline. But Paul says, looking unto Jesus, or the writer of Hebrews, looking unto Jesus. So we're not looking unto a timeline. We're looking unto Jesus, who was the word, who was the word made flesh that says, behold, I created Jerusalem rejoicing. The word was made flesh. Because in him, he was going to create a Jerusalem. In his death, burial, and resurrection, he was going to create a people that's rejoicing. And he himself says, behold, I create all things new. So all these new things flow out of him, out of that water of life, out of that drawing out of the wells of salvation. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Well, I'm going to share this with you tonight. I'll stop right here. We we'll, may pick it back up again the next time. God bless you. Love you all. Amen.